Hello, lovelies. I'm Valeria, and this is Have Murder, Will Travel. Hey guys, back for another exciting week. At the end of last week's episode, I told you I would find a more fun case for us this week. I think I delivered. While this case does involve a lot of gruesome shit, sacrifices, orgies, bloodletting, you know, casual. It also involves reincarnated goddess and some amateur magic. So yeah, about as much fun as we get around here. So where are we going to have our fun? We are going to Mexico. We actually, I realized we hadn't been to North America yet. So we're going, we're going to have some fun. In May, 1963, 14 year old Sebastian Guerrero was walking just exploring the caves around Yerba Buena when he saw some lights and, like anybody, he went in for a closer look. What he saw was a horrifying sight. He saw the people of the village sacrificing someone in some kind of ritual. They were draining the victim's blood into chalices and drinking it. The villagers not taking part in that were just casually having a wild orgy on the cave floor. Luckily, Sebastian was smart, and he got the fuck up out of there. Little half-murder will travel life tip. If you ever come across a human sacrifice in progress, get the fuck out. So like I said, he took off. This boy was so shook by what he had seen that he ran about 15 kilometers to the village of Villagran. I wonder what he does for cardio. Shit. I don't think I could run one kilometer, yet alone 15. Adrenaline is great. So anyway, he gets to the cop shop, and unfortunately, the cops didn't believe him. Which, to be fair, this kid comes into the police station all panicked and out of breath, and he tells them that he saw a bunch of vampires drinking blood in some caves. I might have a hard time believing him too. Also, teenagers are assholes, and this sounds like a prank they would play. Sorry to say that. I was a teenager. I was a fucking asshole. One of the cops, Luis Martinez, says he'll take the boy home and they can stop by the caves, see what's up. That was the last time anyone saw Sebastian Guerrero and Luis Martinez alive. So let's back up and examine what could have led to what Sebastian saw in those caves. We're going to talk about the leader of the sacrifices, Magdalena Solis, the high priestess of blood. I'm telling you, some of these killers, instead of doing this killing bullshit, they should get into PR or marketing because they be coming up with names for themselves. I'm like, damn, okay, you could sell some shit, but then they just suck and kill people instead. So Magdalena was born in the mid to late 40s, could not find exactly when she was born. A lot of sources said 47, But then a lot of sources also said she was 18 in 1963, which that math does not add up. That would mean she was actually born in, you know, like 45 or so. So anyway, born in the 40s in the village of Monterey, Monterey, Mexico, not California. Now, not a lot is known about her childhood, but I think we can pretty much assume it was not great. And the reason I think we can assume this is because she started working as a prostitute at a very young age. A couple of sources actually said she started working as a prostitute at age 12. Fucking age 12. 
I don't even think I knew what sex was when I was 12, yet alone do it for work. It's crazy. But don't worry. It was a family affair because her brother, Elizor Sol- Solis, was her pimp. So they're out there making their street money, and they are approached by two brothers, Santos and Cayetano Hernandez. Now the brothers tell Magdalena and Elizor that they've been running a scam in the village of Yerba Buena, and they wanted their help. Now what was this scam, you ask? The Hernandez brothers were just a couple of petty thieves, and they were sick of, you know, going from scam to scam, so they had figured out a way to have a steady income stream. They were like, we got it. We can scam a fuck ton of people. This will be great. They had gone to Yerba Buena, and they told the villagers that they were prophets and high priests of powerful and exiled Inca gods. They told the villagers that in exchange for worship and tributes, they would be granted riches from deep inside the mountains. The brothers also told the villagers that the gods would claim authority and they would punish the non-believers. They sound super chill. There's a couple things wrong with these guys' stories. One, they're talking about Inca gods, but the Inca were in Peru, and this is Mexico. These dumbasses don't even realize that their homeland is where the Aztec lived, not the Inca. Two, if the gods were coming back, why would they come to this village in these caves? I don't, I'm not a god, a reincarnated god, but I feel like it would make more sense to go somewhere populated and built up. I mean, this story is just weak. I feel like they could have done better. But you have to understand that the people of this village, it was very small. There were only about 50 people. And this is late 62, early 63. And this village still had no phone, no electricity, no police, nothing really. They were very isolated. Most of the villagers were also illiterate. And unfortunately, these brothers, these scam artists, piece of shits, came in and took advantage of this entire village. So they're telling the villagers how they represent these ancient gods. And they didn't just tell them this. No, no, they're not half-assing anything here, okay? This is where they did some sleight-of-hand magic, used a couple of fake, obviously fake tricks, but it convinced these villagers They convinced them that they had powers. And so these villagers were like, oh shit, they really do represent the ancient gods. We better do what they say. You know, the villagers are like, okay, cool. We're poor. So obviously we want all the riches. And when the gods come back, we don't want them mad at us. We want them to love us. So better, better follow these Hernandez brothers. So these poor villagers cleared out some of the caves for these brothers and they gave them all kinds of tributes. Of course, the tributes weren't much because again, this is a very poor village. They made their money. They just kind of sold whatever beans and corn were left over from their meager crops that they grew to sustain themselves. Meanwhile, they're giving the brothers food. They're giving them money. They're giving them things. Like It's one thing to scam people. Like That's not cool. I'm not condoning that at all. But why do you got to scam fucking poor people. Like somehow that's worse. These people were barely getting by and you're going to come in and take advantage of the whole situation. That really rubs me the wrong fucking way. Well, of course, the brothers quickly grow unsatisfied with these tributes because 
Remember, they've been pulling petty thefts for years. They thought this was going to be a nice, steady stream of income, fun, whatever. So this is when they're like, you know what? The gods said the girls and the women of the village, they got to come be our sex slaves. Yeah, that that's per the gods. That's not us. We're not nasty, but the gods say that they got to be our sex slaves. So the women and the girls became their sex slaves. Now, the Hernandez brothers do not discriminate because eventually they decided that the, well, they didn't decide the gods told them mm-hmm, that the boys and the men should be included in this as well. So basically they just made the whole village start fucking one another and doing gross shit just for their amusement. There were also reports that the brothers actually sold some of the teenage girls as sex slaves to make money. That's, ugh, this whole thing was gross, but then you're selling people after what you're doing to the, ugh, I hate these two. Every few days, the brothers would make the entire village gather in the caves. They would all smoke cannabis and peyote while they sacrificed animals, and after they sacrificed the animals, they would all have orgies in the cave, because you know, nothing gets you going like an animal sacrifice. Until you got to the animal sacrifice, kind of sounded like a fun party. Gather in some caves, smoke a little. I could see how that'd be fun. But then you get into the whole orgy, animal sacrifice, and I would like to return my invitation. No, thank you. These crazy sacrifices and orgies, they go on for three months. And would you believe this? This is the darndest thing. Those gods never did show up. And neither did any of the riches they had promised these villagers. I mean, I for one am shocked. I I really thought, you know, they were just, had the gods whispering in their ears. I believed them, didn't you? Now, like I said, these villagers may be poor. They may be uneducated. But they are not stupid. They're starting to become a little, a little disillusioned with this whole setup. You know, of all this sacrifice, tribute, orgy shit. They're like, "Mm, we are not seeing a return on investment here, and we've invested quite a bit. This is when the brothers showed up in Monterey. I gotta say, I know they're pieces of shit, but I admire their determination. Think about it. Lesser conmen would have just cut their losses and run. But not these guys. They went to Monterey to find someone to be a reincarnated goddess for them. Monterey, you recall? Is where Magdalena was working the streets. It's also supposedly where they used to take the girls that they sold to sell as sex slaves. So this just sounds like a swell town. So the brothers, they meet Elazor, and he's like, well, shit, this scheme just sounds perfect. And you know what? I actually have the perfect girl for the job to pretend to be a goddess for you. My sister, Magdalena. Like, we're, we're totally in. This sounds great. And Magdalena already did some shady, some shady stuff similar to this outside of being a prostitute. She also was a medium and fortune teller, and she often channeled dead witches. So, I mean, channeling an ancient goddess should be no problem, right? So Magdalena and Elazor go back to Yerba Buena with the Hernandez brothers. And they put their new plan into motion, okay, their new scheme. They tell the villagers, the brothers do, that the Aztec goddess Kutlacu 
I don't know if I said that right. I googled it and I couldn't really figure it out. It's C-O-A-T-L-I-C-U-E. Anyway, she's an Aztec goddess. They tell the villagers she has graced them with her presence. I guess someone finally clued them in that they should be scamming with Aztec gods, not Inca gods. They put on this whole big show of presenting her. There's sacrifices, there's like a big altar, and then they use some kind of cheap smoke screen, smoke bomb type stuff, because, you know, amateur magicians, and they make it look like she's appearing from thin air, and out pops Magdalena in character as this goddess. Like, they said she was wearing a bone necklace, she had done her makeup, like her outfit. Most people said her kind of interpretation of this goddess, kind of spot on. So, of course, the villagers lose their ever-loving shit. I mean, wouldn't you? The goddess you've been waiting for has finally arrived. You've been giving all this stuff to these people, and now you're finally getting everything you've wanted, everything you've worked for, you've sacrificed for. I mean, I'd be losing my shit, too. Holy fuck, a goddess right here. So the Hernandez brothers and Elazor are like, oh, this is great. Our scheme is working out perfect. We won't get any more tributes from these people. Have some more crazy orgies. This is great. This is when they run across a problem that they had not planned for. Magdalena, of course, is in on this scam. You're going to be this reincarnated goddess. Well, here's the problem, though. She doesn't think it's a scam anymore. She actually believes that she is a reincarnated goddess. Cool. Okay. So you're a reincarnated goddess. I, I love that for you. Cool. Now, if this was just her being like, yeah, I'm a goddess. Oh, love me. I'd be like, okay, you're weird, but whatever. But that is not what's going on here. And she definitely goes cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs after this. All right. She is wacky. So of course, she completely takes control of this cult, sect, village, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Her brother and the Hernandez brothers act as her high priest. I mean, of course she had to take over. She's the goddess. It'd look weird if the brothers were still running shit. So they're still doing all their regular stuff, you know, the casual orgies, drugs, animal sacrifices, typical Tuesday night shit. But this bitch is even nuttier than the Hernandez brothers, and she decides all that shit's way too boring. So, in Aztec mythology, human blood was used to sustain the god's immortality. Now she is a god, remember? Reincarnated. So, naturally, as this goddess, she's like, I need human blood to sustain my immortality because she's immortal. She's a god. Duh. So, she decides they all need to begin engaging in bloodletting. She would make them cut each other, drain their blood into chalices. Now, these chalices would contain the human blood, but also peyote and chicken blood. That sounds like a great cocktail right there. Ugh, gross. She would then drink her fill, give it to the brothers, and then after they drink their fill, all the members got to drink. So, this just sounds like a casual Friday night to me. I mean, you know, typical weekend plans, right? Bloodletting, drugs, 
bunch of crazy sex stuff. Because, oh yeah, after everyone had drank all the peyote-laced blood, Magdalena would make the group members engage in incest, bestiality, and pedophilia just for her own amusement. Like I said, coo-coo for Cocoa Puffs. Also, she's just nasty making people do those things and then watching it like getting off. Ugh, she's nasty. She's a nasty woman. After a couple of weeks of all this crazy, gross sex stuff, two of the villagers are like, you know, this isn't really working for us. I think we're going to leave. Now, remember, when the Hernandez brothers had first arrived in Yerba Buena, they had told everyone that non-believers would be punished. So naturally, they're all kind of scared of her, thinking, you know, she could punish them at any time. So the rest of the villagers told on those two. Went to her or like, hey, these two want to leave. So what do you think she did? Think she made them a nice little to-go glass of blood, wished them well? Of course not. Nope. She said they were heretics and they had to die. So the other, other villagers actually lynched the two non-believers. And of course, they used them as human sacrifices and drank their blood. This went on for weeks. Anytime the faith of a villager wavered, they were killed. And their deaths were brutal. They were beaten, burned, dismembered, all to please the gods, of course. It, it's not that they, the brothers or Magdalena wanted these things. It's what the gods wanted, guys. So it's fine. It's God's will. We can relax. Now, this isn't even the sickest shit she's going to do. That's right. She about to get even crazier. So again, she's getting kind of bored. You know, first it was the drugs and the weird sex shit. Wasn't doing it for. Then it was the drinking the blood. <sighs> Boring. Next was, you know, murdering people. But yeah, that's kind of losing its appeal too. So, you know, what's a gal to do? I know. She decides to start removing victims' hearts while they're still alive. Again, casual. Now, here's the really crazy part of this. Magdalena was only in power of this cult village. Again, I don't know what you want to refer to it as. For six weeks. That's right. Six weeks. And in those six weeks, the police estimate that between eight and 15 people were sacrificed. Six weeks, all those people dead. And this brings us back to 14-year-old Sebastian Guerrero. Like I said, that night, just out exploring, he comes across one of these horrific ritualistic sacrifices, takes the fuck off. I remember I said Sebastian and Officer Luis Martinez were never seen again. After Officer Martinez didn't return, the police were like, Hmm, you'll think maybe what that kid said was true, do you? Hmm, maybe we should go check it out. I mean, seems kind of suspicious. He left with a kid who had seen a weird sacrifice vampire thing and now they're missing. But the police were not fucking around with this, okay? They actually called the army to come in and help them because they have no idea what they're fucking going into. And I say good for them. So the police and the soldiers just descend on this tiny village in Yerba Bruna. They find Magdalena and Elazor in a farmhouse, stoned out of their fucking minds. 
Yep, just high as shit. So, not difficult to capture them at all. They get thrown in the cop car. They find, unfortunately, Sebastian and Luisa's dismembered corpses there on the property. Luisa's heart had been removed. So, like I said, they've arrested Magdalena and her brother because you hear stoned out of your ever-loving mind with two dismembered bodies. Doesn't look good for you. So, at this point, it should be real easy to grab and arrest everyone else, right? Yeah, not so much. Santos Hernandez was actually shot dead while trying to run out a back door of a house because he was going to go escape to the caves. He had a gun. Apparently, he brandished it or whatever. And so, yeah, he was shot dead. Don't miss him. Cayetano Hernandez was actually already dead before the police arrived. One of the villagers, a smarty pants, he'd figured out that this whole thing was a big old scam, but he wasn't going to tell. No, no. He wanted to be cut in. And Cayetano was like, "Uh, no, this is our deal. I'm sure he didn't want to cut anybody else in because last time they cut Magdalena and she took over. Well, this villager was like, yeah, fuck you. And the villager had actually killed Cayetano. The remaining villagers still believe in their goddess, even though she's sitting in the back of a cop car stoned out of her mind. So they fled to the caves. And in the caves, these villagers actually engage in a crazy shootout with the cops, like Old West style, just bullets flying. Dozens of the villagers died in this shootout. But, of course, the cops and the army have way more weapons than just the villagers. So eventually, the few remaining villagers had to come out and surrender. So literally the entire village, everyone that's left, is placed under arrest and hauled off to jail. And here's the really crazy thing about cults and how much power Magdalena had over all of them. Even though she had been arrested and was very clearly not a reincarnated goddess, none of the villagers would testify against her. None of them. Unfortunately, this meant they were only able to charge her and her brother with two murders. The murders of Sebastian Guerrero and Luis Martinez. For those murders... They were sentenced to 50 years in prison. If you ask me, that's not enough because she was nasty. All the shit she was doing, gross. She should not have been able to get out. All the cult members, everyone left from the village, was sentenced to 30 years because, again, none of them would testify and they all admitted to participating in these things. I feel so bad for these villagers. They're just out there living their quiet little life And these fuckers came in and just blew their shit up. Anyone know something really crazy about this case? This is kind of spooky, honestly. Magdalena's 50 years in prison would have been up in 2013. Nobody knows where she is. Nobody knows if she died in prison, if she got out, if she did get out. Nobody knows where she is or what she's doing. Isn't that fucking crazy? spooky, kind of scary. How does nobody, how do you lose a whole ass person? Oh, maybe she was a reincarnated goddess. And that is going to bring us to the end of the crazy tale of Magdalena Solis, the high priestess of blood. I don't know why I just said that like that. sounded vampire-y. Hopefully this was kind of a fun one, a little less heavy than some of our others. 
Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Follow the podcast on Instagram to see pictures of the high priestess. Trust me, she does not look like a high priestess. The Instagram is Have Murder Will Travel. You can find the podcast on Facebook at Have Murder Will Travel Podcast. You can always send me an email at Have Murder Will Travel at gmail.com. Tune in next week to find out where we travel next. Until then, don't forget to explore the world and stay alive. Bye.